wasn't that beautiful. Wow, such talent and people that just love Jesus at Valley Community Church. Yeah, we're coming to you live from the sanctuary. There are quite a few people in here that have been working and preparing this time to worship our Father, our Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing that this is the Christmas season, that we can enjoy all this time, even in the midst of this chaotic world? But I want to say to you, Christmas is coming. That is the series that we are teaching. And today, I want to talk to you about Jesus fulfilled what he said, because we serve a covenant God. Everyone that has been working so diligently here to allow this to come to you live, they're very excited. I'm very excited. We're excited also because we're going to be able to have in-house services soon. We will be announcing that to you. And uh, when we do that, we will gather together and we will rejoice. We will see the healing power of God. We will see God do mighty things in your life and mine, as he's already been doing this while we've been watching on the screen. But you are with us, and we're celebrating Christmas, and we're celebrating family. What I want to do is I want to pray And I want to thank you for being so faithful, Valley Community, to your church family and your giving, your tithe and your offering. But I especially enjoy the comments that I get from you and all of our uh, friends that are on screen with us also. I want you to know thank you for your comments. And we are praying for you all over the world. And we're seeing great things take place. Let's join together and pray. Father, I thank you for the absolute anointing of the Holy Spirit that does not need the presence of everyone to be together, but we are together in spirit and in truth and in faith, believing. Thank you, Father, that all the giving that has been done, all the tithe returning to you, It is blessed. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you have opened up the windows of heaven to our church family because they've been so faithful. And Father, now I proclaim over every home represented, in Jesus' name, be well. May the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit rule and reign in your marriages, in your relationships, and Father, I thank you that Jesus took stripes upon his back for our healing, and we receive that in faith, that it is a done deal. You have promised it. You are a covenant God, and what you say takes place because we believe. As we dive into the word of God, Father, let the word pierce deeply into our spirit that we may know. Father, I'm going to say that again so that we may know your heart during this season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We'll turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, 
And I would like to reveal to you God's desire in the Christmas story to reveal a promise he made, <laughs> literally, God's heart. See, the Christmas story is a reminder that God is a promise-keeping, promise-giving God that fulfills his promises. There is absolute no doubt that God fulfills his promises. Well, as I say that, some of us got a little emotional, and you're here watching and listening, and you have been sitting on a promise for a long time, and it hasn't taken place. Something that God told you or you read in the Word of God that would happen, and you're still waiting. And you've prayed, you've believed, but you're still waiting. And the enemy has come in and has tried to enwrap your mind and and your soul with, well, maybe God's not going to do that. Well, I just want to tell you, Christmas represents a covenant God who when he says something, he does it. And I'm going to prove that to you today through the birth of Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you, especially as we remember what God did in fulfilling his promise, that Jesus was born. What did he do? He sent a Savior. He sent a Redeemer. Christ was the fulfillment of the promise. Did you know God gives promises even today? Sometimes people will say, well, you know, I I don't see it in the Bible. Well, God gives promises today. The Holy Spirit resides in you. You are born again. The Holy Spirit resides in you, and he still is giving promises. He speaks. He delivers promises today, and he still fulfills them Because the God that you and I serve, the God that was born on Christmas Day, fulfills his promises, and he cannot lie. So what am I saying? Don't quit. There is hope, and our confidence is in him. So let's open ourselves today up to hear the Holy Spirit, what he's saying I'm 63 years old. I've gone through a lot of Christmases. I've enjoyed, I love this season. And especially being born again, I love remembering the work of a covenant God. But I want to say this to you. Today, God's going to reveal something even stronger in your spirit. The Holy Spirit told me that. And if he told me that, he's going to fulfill that. So I trust in that. So Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this really was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. 
And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Eternal. You and I that are born again will live live eternally with God. So when we read the Christmas story, we are reading the fulfillment of a long series of promised events. You and I have read the Bible. And basically at Valley Community Church, many of us read through the Bible every year. And so you see all these different events that were prophesied and promised and they took place. Does that give you a little bit of hope there? See, beginning in Genesis on, the Holy Spirit wrote book after book, chapter after chapter. He would send a redeemer for mankind. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Father, Son, who is Jesus Christ, is the fulfillment. So let me explain to you regarding a promise. A fulfilled promise is not the end. See, sometimes we're looking for an answer for something, the answer happens, and then we go, now what? Things have changed in my life, but now what? It reminds you that God is present and is aware what's taking place in your life. God is so present now in your home, and he's aware of everything going on. And what I'm trying to encourage you is this Christmas season, oh, I can't wait for the presents. I can't wait for all the food. But the reality is a God, a covenant God, who fulfills his promises. Matter of fact, listen to it this way. I wrote this down because I really, when I heard this, I I really wanted you to, to hear it also. Jesus Christ, who is God, is injecting himself in humanity. That's what Christmas is. In the progression of all eternity of his master plan for you and for me. What this says to you, if that promise is yet unfulfilled, it's coming because Jesus came. Don't lose heart. He gives promises and he fulfills his promises. So I want you to really hear this, what I'm going to say. If you have been given a promise and it's been fulfilled, there are steps that have to be taken following that fulfilled promise. Pastor, what are, you, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Extra steps. Didn't God just answer my prayer? Let me give you a picture of that. The fulfilled promise marks an event in time or a timeline of your life. So if your timeline of your life is here to here and the promise is fulfilled here, you still have this much left in your life. And through that time frame, God is a God of promises. 
and fulfilled promises. So the next steps that you take is to listen to the Holy Spirit and to listen to the next steps. Yes, you've received your miracle. Yes, you've received what you've been waiting on. But there are steps to take. You see, Mary, the scripture tells us, pondered in her heart what was to take place after the promise was given to her. Hmm. So a promise given and fulfilled isn't an end. It's a mark in the progressive line or master plan of Christ's work in our lives. The Christmas story was not the end. Oh, pastor, are you talking about Easter's coming? No, no, I'm not talking about that. Yes, Jesus came. Why? So he could live without sin and then die, and we celebrate Easter, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about your whole life. I'm talking about the power of God working in you. That's the Christmas story. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For all the promises of God in him are yes and him amen to the glory of God through us. Again, promises are made to you today. So God is alive and at work. He will inject himself into your situation and fulfill what he has said. The enemy's lying to you. People are lying to you saying it's not going to work. I want to tell you to stand strong. Having done all that you've done, still stand. That's what Ephesians says. So let me give you a prophetic word that the Lord gave me during this Christmas season. God says if you won't compromise, he will absolutely do what you have in your heart. Guard your heart, folks. See, Christmas to me is really guarding my heart of what God has shown me. It is a time frame of giving. It is a time frame of being with family. It is a season that we celebrate in the United States of America. I know all the commercialism. I know all the Santas. I got Santas in my house. I got trees in my house. I got lights in my house. And you know what? It's beautiful, and I love it. We got trees behind us, lights behind us. Some people say, oh, that's not very spiritual. Well, go ahead and think that way because it it really allows me to rejoice better knowing the real truth. The real truth is this, not to be religious, but to live a life full of hope that because Jesus always fulfills his promises, and in my timeline, he will fulfill his promises to me. No matter what I face, no matter what takes place, God will do it. I wish you were all here because I'd love to hear a bunch of amens. Let me give you a little wisdom, though. In all the things that I've just said, sometimes you can't share the promise with others. Sometimes God puts something that's so crazy in your heart, you can't even share it with people. You just keep it like Mary did and ponder it and allow God to teach you and to show you even greater things than you already heard. Because you know what? I found out that the God that I serve is all knowledge and all wisdom. So if I hear something from him, that is just minute of what he knows. And if I would stay patient and listen, the Christmas story, he will always come through. 
So Christmas is God himself investing in you and me. Now, I'm going to talk to you about three things and show you that will absolutely help you to mobilize or activate the promises that you have. I'm going to show you things that um, will really kind of kickstart this mobilization of God's promises instead of just some people who just wait and they cry and they're sorrowful and, oh, God, don't you hear my prayers? He hears your prayers. He doesn't hear complaining. He hears the word of God. And so when you go before the Lord, what you need to do is these three things. First of all, you must accept the promise. Maybe you've been so disheartened with life you can accept that God is there working in your life. I know I'm not speaking to a lot of people, but there's some of you that are listening to me and you're so disheartened with God. You're disheartened with church. A promise of health in the new year. A promise of provision. A promise of direction. The second thing I'm going to talk to you about is you must believe the promise Accept the promise, and you must believe the promise. And then third, you must wait for the promise. So let's explain the three that I just told you. First of all, accepting the promise. In the Christmas story, the angel appeared to Mary and promised her what would take place, that she would conceive, and it's of God. She doesn't understand it. It's way past her, her knowledge. I'm sure Mary was an amazing woman, very sharp, very smart, but it was way past her natural thinking. Something of the kingdom of God was going to manifest that was larger than just the way we think. It's bigger. So Mary makes this statement. In Luke 1, verse 38, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be accepting, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Even though she didn't understand everything, even though she didn't know how long it would be in waiting, she knew that she needed to accept it because it was a promise from God. See, accepting does this. Accepting is appropriating God's promises for you and me. Allowing God to do what he said, positioning myself to receive the promise. So my job in accepting it is not just, okay, God, whatever your will is. No, it's literally God now How do I prepare myself? What do I do in order to accept this fully? Because I know the moment that I begin to speak in faith what God said to me by accepting it, the enemy is going to come in and lie and try to steal, kill, and destroy that very promise. He has no authority over you. You have the authority. Here's the main reason why people don't accept. They look at their worthiness. Is God really going to do that for me? 
or they look at their own performance. I got to crawl on the ground on my knees for a mile to prove God that I've really accepted. No, that's why Jesus was born. They look at their own failures, their own unworthiness. They rely on their logic, trying to figure out how God can do it. And by the time it's done or it's going to be done, they've already changed everything and done it themselves. So you conclude, after all that, there's no way that God can do it. But your conclusion always should be, is our God is a covenant, promise-keeping God, and he will always do what he's promised. How about God just does something that's beyond what your mind can comprehend? Stop living a life with God with non-acceptance. I've heard people that, uh, you know, be a preacher, would, would say something out of the word and really truth just exploded out of his mouth. And people sitting in the sanctuary with them say, well, that's not for me. I, you know, preacher doesn't know my life, my past. Really? So you think your past is bigger than the work of the cross? The promise fulfilled. The second thing is this. See, Mary accepted. You find that in verse 38. Let me read that again. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The second thing is first you accept. Now you need to believe. Joseph is the example of believing, and he became aware of what was promised. In Matthew 1, verse 19 through 21, watch what it says here. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, a good man, and not wanting to make her a public example, speaking of Mary, was minded to put her away secretly. In other words, When you were betrothed back then, it was like marriage. You had to literally get a divorce to get unbetrothed. And that's what it was talking about, putting her away privately. It's not talking about he was going to throw her in a box and throw her in the ocean. (laughs) But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph might have thought, (laughs) I don't remember hitting my head with a hammer because he was a carpenter. You know, the crazy stuff that they were hearing. And there's sometimes crazy stuff that you're hearing, like, you know, the Lord's telling you to go on a mission trip. The Lord's telling you, and you don't have any finances in your bank account, and this mission trip's going to cost you $5,000. Don't you think God can get that 5000 He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He can get that to you. There's so many things that 
Well, I just can't. Or God says, I want to take you to a different level. I want you to go during this Christmas season and ask a family member for forgiveness because you've had a fight for 20 years. You see, offense and all this stuff comes from not accepting and not believing what God says. Even how crazy life can be, you must believe. Joseph had to make a decision, didn't he? Will I believe that God is involved in the circumstances in my life? You know, he's going to handle that. She, her, her stomach's going to begin to grow because of pregnancy, and she's going to walk around with Joseph, and he's going to probably hold her hand, and uh, they're going to walk down the street, and everyone's going to be going, whispering. He's going to handle all kinds of stuff. How about you? Does your family go, because you believe things? Because you really believe what God says? I encourage you, don't let anything stop you. Thinking, will I believe God has a purpose beyond what my mind can comprehend? Let's continue in Matthew 1, verse 20. But while he thought about these things, see that? Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to you to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled. See that? Might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. He believed God and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. See, Joseph still had to make a choice to believe. Maybe the promise wasn't given to you. Maybe the promise was given to your spouse. You must accept and believe because you're one. How do you act on what you believe? How do you accept, act on that, believe, and now how do you act on belief? The answer is this. Doubt and unbelief is the answer, is the enemy. Doubt and unbelief. How do you act on belief? You protect it with the word of God in prayer. And we at Valley Community Church, what do we do? We pray in tongues. This morning, I was with two groups, men and the whole church, praying in tongues for the services today so that if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that it would rock it in your heart that you need Jesus. See, that's what it's all about. Romans 4, verse 20. He did not waver, speaking. He did not waver, speaking to Abraham, at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. 
and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to Abraham, to him, for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. This is the third, waiting on the promise. So you accept the promise, act on that. You believe the promise, act on that. Remember the timeline? God fulfilled a promise. Now you got to go because there's more to do. The word waiting means anxious anticipation. Let's read in the story, Luke chapter 2, verse 25 and 26. It speaks of Simeon. I don't know if you've ever heard of Simeon, but he was given a promise that he would see the Savior. And he'd been waiting all his life. He was an older man. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. Verse 27. So he came by the Spirit in the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took upon or took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Isn't this an amazing story? Every time I read this, I have to stop. Just can imagine all the thoughts through the years in his life, in the timeline of his life. And near the end of his life, it was fulfilled. How many times did he have to fight his flesh? He had to fight his very soul to accept and believe and still wait on what God had told him. Which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation. Wow. To the Gentiles. And watch this. And the glory of your people, Israel. Sometimes in the working of the fulfillment of God's promise, it takes time and an anticipation of God's work. Let me just give you a little caveat. It's not in your notes. Anytime there's a problem with a promise, it's not on God's end. Anytime. If God says it, he will do it. It's always on, there's an enemy And it's about our accepting, believing, and waiting. Church, I think a lot of you are like me. I hear or read a promise, and I want it yesterday. Don't you? You just want it to happen now. You just want right now, you want it to happen. Because I'll make a statement, it's difficult to wait. Simeon, he had been waiting for the promised Messiah. In verse 27, it says, he was moved by the Spirit to go to the temple. 
He was moved by the Spirit to go to the temple. It wasn't his day to be there. He was working there, but it wasn't his day to be there. But he was moved by the Spirit to go there. See, if I'm impatient, griping and complaining to all around me, how can I hear the Spirit of God to move me to be where God was going to answer? So when you are waiting patiently, remove complaining and, and all the junk that can be there when you're just not seeing with your physical eyes God's promise being fulfilled. Don't give up. If you've been waiting a long time, God's in process to fulfill your promise. You might not see that, but he's in process. Wait and anticipate the nudging of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you another example in closing. And I want you to recognize is that the Holy Spirit is moving in a very particular way in your home right now. The promises of God spring from a hope in life. So Merry Christmas and hope in God because God fulfills. Let me give you another example. Her name is Anna. I love that name. Luke chapter 2, verse 36 and 37. Watch the lifestyle of Anna. Luke 2, 36. I'm sure you're there now. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman became a widow of about 84 years. She was a widow of 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Anna lived an amazing life. But she shared hope. She went through a tragic thing. God had promised her many things in her life. And she showed hope. She showed what it was all about. See, hope comes because you accept, you believe, and you wait patiently for God to fulfill his promise in the timeline of your life. Fulfilled, what are the next steps? Fulfilled, what are the next steps? Fulfilled, what are the next steps? So we accept, we believe, and we wait because Christmas reminds us that our God, again, is a covenant God. And he fulfills his promises to you and me. This is what I believe. Everything God has promised will be birthed in your life and in mine. That's the Christmas story. 
God bless you.